I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike with Noli Lonsberry, Amy Donaldson from the Desert News sitting in with him, sitting in for him. And I'm joined by uh, former State Senator Scott Howell and still a mover and shaker in the political universe. <laughs> Might be a shaker. Um, uh, I'm not sure on the move. So I want to so. get, there's a lot of texts. And we're gonna oh, yeah. Let, and then oh. also let's, uh, let's take a, a phone call from sure. Pamela in West Jordan just to start the segment. Thank you. Pamela, go ahead. Welcome to the program. Well, hi, Scott. Hi, Amy. Uh, so listening into this last little conversation, and, and you know, my opinion and my two cents, that if I have never been afraid for my life being pulled over, if I've never experienced what systematic racism is like, if I have never experienced that fear from being a different color than somebody else, then I don't have a right to tell somebody how they should feel or how I should not judge them for kneeling at the national anthem or putting a sign that says Black Lives Matter because I don't know what that means to me. So I feel that, you know, if, if someone's going to come up to me and say all lives matter, but they're white and they've never experienced this, then I don't feel that they have a place to judge. Gosh, yeah. Pamela, that's a really astute conver- uh, a comment. We really appreciate you joining us. And I think Amy and it's I It's a generous, both are- yeah, it's yes. a generous um, way to view it. And that's what I say. If we just had a little more empathy, like Pamela's acknowledging that's not my experience, but I believe you and I hear you and I feel for you. And that's what we need more of in government and in, in our daily lives. How many problems could be avoided if we just said when somebody was upset about something, and we're saying to ourselves, well, that's not my experience. I've never had that happen, so it must not be true, right? Instead, we say what Pamela is saying, which is, I'm going to trust that your experience is real, and I feel for you, and I want this to be fixed for you. You, you respond know, I, with empathy. Pamela, that, we really appreciate your comment, and thank you for calling in. And I have to tell you, my uh, my son Jeff, um, he's, he's big into politics and into uh, civil justice, and one day we were talking and he said, you know, Dad, that comment sounds like a white privileged person. And I'd never thought of that. I'd never, ever thought of that. But when I listened to him, it, it dawned on me. And I think it goes back to what Pamela said. You know, am I afraid of being pulled over? Uh, you know, if there's a police officer out there. But, gosh, you see what sometimes can happen and has happened, and especially in the South, um, yeah, that, that's why we all need to, to wise up to the fact and, and do what we can to change. So, Amy, what, what's Let's, another text that we've got How about there? some text? First one yeah. says, Amy sounds like she should go back to covering sports. Um, <laughs> and I don't disagree with this person, all right? Yeah. I have had a bad morning. If you're, if you're watching the video stream, you can see my broken glasses. I almost broke the microphone. Uh, so I'm not going to disagree with that person. Um, yeah. And then somebody said, why don't you kneel before the anthem and then stand when it begins? And I will take you. So the kneeling at the national anthem, if you want, if you're interested in this, um, it was actually a member of the military who talked with Colin Kaepernick. Um, He was sitting on the bench during the national anthem. And uh, this member of the military talked with him and said, you know, you should do 
that's disrespectful, you know, not to, to sit during the national anthem. And he said, well, what, how can I protest the national, you know, how can I protest police brutality and the things that I see that are wrong with this country? And he said, well, you should take a knee. When we take a knee, that's a sign of respect and love mm, and, and, yeah. and it means something to us. And so that's where the knee thing came in. Before that, you, you saw different protests from the WNBA players wearing T-shirts. Right. And the police walked out. But So just FYI, that's where the knee comes from. And honestly, I thought that was not disruptive and I couldn't understand why people were upset with it. And and it seems like now they're like now go back to doing the knee because we don't like the the destruction and the vandalism. So so just be be good be good with yeah. you know that's what I'm saying. They're trying to call sure. attention to a problem. So also sure. uh, somebody says thank you to me. Thank you for that. Well, um, I've got one here. Um, one question was uh, how how do I get into a third party? Yes. And to that individual, I would just go online or. Um, Follow the the news and go. Uh, there's Utah United Party. There's Green Party. Uh, there's a there's lot the of Libertarian Party. Libertarian. Um, they, uh, all of these all of these um, uh, organizations are online. Um, they right. have Facebook groups. They would love to have you. Uh, I would definitely recommend getting involved, especially the United Utah Party or the Libertarian Party. They're big enough that. They could have an impact if yes. people really got behind them. So, I and I would just agree. love to see more options. I would love to see more ideologies out there being supported. Um, I think there's room for a lot of different views if we respond with a tiny bit of generosity and love. But and and we also, uh, you know, there's different parties out there, and there, see if they listen to you better than the the major two parties. And and understand that when you're looking at parties like that. You don't have to agree with every single exactly. thing. Exactly. Like they sort you like I find I pick and choose. I'm a buffet voter. <laughs> so there are certain people like certain things I I like from different parties, but but I think, you know, find if you want to register and get involved in a in and I would say look at candidates, get involved in a candidate. You know, they love volunteers and helpers and it's a really great way to understand just how difficult it is to keep democracy alive and thriving, I I feel. And, and the ultimate power rests with the voter. And for my colleagues and, uh, I mean, my friends that uh, are apathetic towards that, then, you know, you really don't have a reason to complain. You've got to be active and you have to take the time to learn about the candidate. It's too easy just to say, well, my neighbor said this or I'm going to do that. Learn about the candidate because, Amy, you said this earlier, the best way to have change <laughs> is to get to the ballot box. Yeah. And Amy, I, do we have another one there? We do. I, we, yeah. We, oh, do, we, do we have another phone call? Okay. So I'm going to go with this. Uh, I, we got a text that said, here's your accountability. I'm turning you off. Now, <laughs> I read this because it's also funny. But I, I also say um, this is a problem. If people are saying something we don't like, we don't want to hear it. And it's like when you were a kid and your sister or brother was saying something you didn't want. My sister used to sing songs I didn't like, and I would cover my ears and I would make noise. That's what we do now. This is a way we live. And I would say to you, if somebody doesn't is saying something you don't like, listen. Listen with a more open mind than you would to somebody you d- agree with. Mm, and you may come away wisdom. from that 100% feeling yep. how you did before that. You're not. It may, it's. I guarantee it's probably not going to change your mind, but I— it will change you in a way that you will be more generous and empathetic with other people and their views. And that's what we want. We want to allow each other to be who we need to be in this world. 
You know, Amy, we got one more, and it said uh, you're bashing Trump. Uh, now, I don't think we have, but just to set the record straight, I'm grateful that President Trump did not interfere with the Postal Service and that we can get back to regular mail and all the things we have. So thank you, President Trump. Okay. I think we got to take a break now. Um, when we come back, let's talk about some of these bills up at the, that they're discussing up at the in these interim meetings. Should we, Scott? <laughs> Yeah, don't go away. Coming up next, we've got uh, the the minority leader of the House, uh, Representative Brian King, and we look forward to hearing uh, what he has to say about it. Stick around. The time is now one, what does that say, Amy? 145. We'll see you in a few minutes. Thanks a million. Hey, welcome back to KSL News Radio. I'm uh, here with uh, our host today, uh, Amy Donaldson, and uh, it's my pleasure, Scott Howell, to be on the radio with you. And uh, Amy, I think you do great at sports. I think you do great at everything else you cover. So, <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Nah. Yep. So, so while we're waiting to get uh, Brian King on the line, um, I, there, we had a text I wanted to respond to. A guy who says, or a woman, I'm not sure, uh, I'm willing to listen to you. However, I have to disagree um, uh, that we don't, and, and he doesn't care what a real riot looks like. Uh, you upset me when you said we don't know what a real riot is. I shouldn't be so harsh to you. And he just says that the country and the, our property deserves respect. And I don't disagree with that. I right. don't right. believe in destroying property. And right. neither do the leaders of Black Lives Matter, right. the Utah chapter. I don't know the national people. But I'm telling you, here they want people to protest peacefully. They want to talk openly and plainly about their experience and, and get people to understand what needs to change and how it needs to change. But therefore... You know, changing things through legislation and reform, they're not advocating in any way, shape, or form the the property damage that occurs. And when I said we don't know what real riots are, I have a daughter who lives in Portland. <laughs> and I'm just here to tell you that it's terrifying when you're at something and you expect it to be a peaceful protest and people start shooting a gun or throwing th- things through a window. And you just know that things could accidentally go so wrong. And that and driving cars through protesters, the thing that happened in Provo, those are things that nobody wants to see happen. And I 100 percent, I'm an advocate of Martin Luther King and Gandhi's nonviolence. Um, but I, I also understand that sometimes people are speaking from a place of anger and pain and they've done it for generations and we haven't listened I and think the one thing that I've uh, I've learned in my career, Amy, and I didn't mean to, to mm-hmm. interrupt you, okay. uh, we have a we all have a greater understanding when we don't get angry, and to control those emotions is the big challenge out there. And I've been to peaceful uh, demonstrations and protests, and uh, now I haven't been in one as crazy as what your daughter was had experienced or what was going on up there. But it's frightening, and it seems like nobody wins in those. You only have people who lose. And so I, I think uh, to the to the texter, mm-hmm. uh, thank you for um, we're we're listening, and we yeah. we want to listen. So no, and I and I appreciate that they're willing to, li- and I love. Yeah. I think it's okay to disagree. That's yes. how we learn, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's one and of do my we have fr- Brian yet? Not, not yet. So I'm going to read one more. Um, okay. So a woman, or uh, now I'm assuming it's a woman. <laughs> you know, here I am with my gender, <laughs> there you go. My gender issues. Um, about saying all lives matter, this texter says. Although I am white, I have an adopted daughter. She has endured discrimination from the time she was young, from children and teachers in school. Some police, but not all. I also 
I don't. I think this is miss a miss a typo. Uh, There's also a lot of discrimination against Latinos and Asians. So I feel that singling out blacks says they deserve to be treated better than other minorities. And I will say I've interviewed um, Native Americans and uh, Hispanics and. Um, you know, I, I just interviewed a guy from Mexico out at Cottonwood Heights, right? They understand that when it says Black Lives Matter, it's meaning non-white lives. And I, I, I it, they're not saying that they, they matter more. They're saying they matter. And right now the systems are not valuing them as much as they value white lives. And so that's why that became the rallying cry. And most of these videos that have sort of captured the nation and, and sparked these conversations involve black Americans and so that's why it, that's the reason for the the Black Lives Matter sort of um, you know label. But it do, it doesn't mean Black Lives Matter more than other lives, or that Black lives don't include um, people of color, all people of color, because it's it's basically just that the systems don't value non-white lives right. as much as they value white lives. And right. you can argue with me about that. I'm happy to have that argument. No, but, that's a good that's a good point, Amy, and I I completely agree with you and. With your experience and your your deep uh, reporting on that, I'm glad that you clarified it. Um, is Representative King on the line? Have we got him yet? I don't think so. Nope, he's okay. not on yet. Do you want to talk yeah. about some of the bills? That, well, um, well, I, yeah, we could do that. Always, yeah. yeah um, there's uh, there's some interesting bills up there. Uh, one of them is to I think uh, it's a appropriations bill to put. Uh, approximately $50 million towards the coal port in California, in Oakland, actually. And uh, I'm interested to know why we'd want to fund an out-of-state company. And I'm sure people are going to say, well, it's because we want to continue to export coal from Emory and, Gra- and, Emory and Carbon County. And I think that's good, but uh, as a fossil fuel, it seems like its life uh, expectancy is not long with solar and all the new technologies. And I actually grew up in Emory County in a little town called Castledale. My grandfather I've been to Castledale. I had a college roommate from Castledale. You did? It was either a Huntington or a Fawcett or a Tuttle. So (laughs) they they, they all pretty much stay down there. But... um, uh, no, I, I. What I am curious about is why we do that and not give Emory County and Carbon County twenty-five million each to go out and find new uh, industry to to be there, as opposed to giving it to an out-of-state company. And I'm I'm very curious about how that bill came about. And then there's another one up there where they're going to change. Um, uh, in the health department that um, the health director doesn't necessarily need a medical degree. So, Amy, you could apply for that job uh, if yes, you don't go back to this is like justice court judges not needing to be uh, lawyers, <laughs> and t- right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the bar is actually looking at some, or maybe it's the Supreme Court that's looking at allowing people to practice law without a license in certain cases like bankruptcy, some of some minor stuff, but... Uh, and this is – it's not an unprecedented thing to say you don't need – look, coroners in the South right. do not need medical degrees. And right. I will tell you, no good has come from that. It's an elected position, and it has been an absolute, you know, hallmark of Jim Crow. So don't – be careful. I understand this thinking that we could get more applicants or a wider array uh, of people could hold that position. But I think if you're going to be over the health department – you should be. You should have a a very extensive medical background. 
Well, it makes sense that uh, you want to be able to do that. And uh, that's why I was interested to hear from Representative King. Uh, earlier today, uh, President uh, Stuart Adams of the Senate was on the Dave and Dejanovic show. And uh, they uh, he, he didn't address those two issues. He talked about some other things. He talked about the COVID fu- funding and some PPE funding for education. But uh, I think those two, just to get some clarity on it, would probably be important. So, you know, there's another interesting topic that came up. And a lot of people have asked me, why was AOC at the Democratic National Convention seconding uh, Bernie Sanders? And um, let me just clarify on that. Her role in seconding Sanders' nomination was strictly uh, procedural. Uh, Sanders had suspended his presidential campaign more than four months uh, previous, and she had endorsed the uh, vice. uh, She, um, uh, since he he was endorsed by the vice president, she was not endorsed by the vice president. Excuse me about that. Yeah. Uh, Convention rules require that the formal nomination for any candidate who suppresses a set delegates threshold that you you have to do that. Now, what was great about AOC immediately after she tweeted out that Joe Biden was her guy and it was an absolute honor for her to to say that she's voting for Biden. She congratulated him, said she's looking forward, quote, to the fight for the future together and reclaiming our democracy in November. OK, so, so we're, I'm going to respond to the AOC thing because we're going to actually have uh, Representative King on at. 205 instead. Oh, okay. Because we do have him on the line now. But okay. I, I, I just thought this was interesting, and I just, I wonder, <laughs> so she does something that's just procedural. She's asked to do it by the party. Right. And, and it gets twisted, even by right. Democrats, into this, right. you know, she's just, and somebody Awful. I saw in one of the headlines was, she puts out a left-wing wish list. So livable wages, health care that you can afford, and affordable housing; those are those are a, a, a left wing. <laughs> I think that's a human wish list, right? Yeah. Like I'd like food to eat and a house to live in, and a wage that allows me to pay for those things, right? So I just think that, I, and I and I will say this: we've been talking a little bit about social justice issues. Watch and see how she gets treated, how she gets characterized, and then watch how men who white men who say the same kinds of things how they get criticized or don't or don't get criticized right but she was asked to do this by the party it's just a procedural thing she everybody knows she supported bernie sanders once bernie endorsed joe biden she was on board with that and she um is getting you know drugged through the mud because of it you know it's it, 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 it's nice that we can clarify the rumors isn't it great isn't that the job of journalists maybe maybe we could be host amy i don't know we're maybe. clarifying a lot of things today People are getting the facts. Either that or I'm going back to sports. One or the other, right? (laughs) So we should probably take a little break, and then we'll get to Brian King and those legislative questions you asked after You're listening to KSL News Radio. I'm your co-host, Scott Howe, along with our host today, Amy Donaldson. We'd like to hear from you. Uh, Text line is 575-8255 or call us live, 575-TALK. Join us. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. 
But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.